Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm a feminist. But yesterday, I read an article from Jeremy Clarkson (laughs) in which he said some, like, things about trans rights that made me go, Jeremy Clarkson, I mean, I wouldn't say all is forgiven, obviously not, but fair play, I might watch one episode of Top Gear, (laughs) like, in exchange. What he said was, he basically did a sort of, you know, do you remember that Mitchell Webb sketch of Are We yeah. The Baddies? Um, he did a Are We The Baddies. He went, just, just thinking, when I was young, we used to go, oh, he's gay, he's gay, do you think he's gay? <laughs> and now some of our friends are gay and we feel stupid. Do you think the same thing is going to happen with trans people? And maybe we should not do what we're doing. And I went, Jeremy Clarkson, I hate agreeing with you so much, but... You, you're, I mean, I think he's going to be more convincing to people, mm. to men of his generation than I am. Yeah, he's going to shepherd them. If he's going to do the, if he's going to do one good thing in his life and it's this, yeah. then I'm going to watch one episode of Top Gear. 
I'm going to need guidance from you as to which vintage Top Gear, because I think he had to stop doing it because of being awful. Um, like, I think he was so awful, they made him stop the most successful programme on BBC. Is that right? Is that what happened? Yeah, he was so awful. But he's done one good thing, and I like to encourage men like that when they do one good thing. I'm not one of those people that goes, oh, well, he's changed now. I'm like, that's good that he's changed now. I don't think he'll do any more good things. I don't anticipate that he will. <laughs> We were talking about it backstage and we were saying like, I mean, I, and I said, it's like, you know, I, I, I accidentally compared him to Putin, which isn't fair. Because I said, it's not like he's killed a lot of people. He's probably killed somebody. Like, let's be honest. He'll, he'll have done a hit and run at some point, won't he? Yeah. Yeah. Is this too much? Um, anyway, I will watch one episode of, someone should tweet me at Deborah FW or slide into my DMs on Instagram and tell me one vintage Top Gear to watch. A Christmas special. Like, is there a Top Gear Christmas special? Okay, all right, thank you. Did Wasn't you expecting got... that from the balcony. No, <laughs> no. What, what were you going to say? Oh, there's that's one where they get nice. their mums to test drive cars and they're nice to their mothers. So that's two... Their mums indicate round the race course. It's <laughs> nice. Well, listen. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. I mean, I'm, I, I'll do the one with the mums... I'll do the one with the mums. Shall we wheel out a TV and just... <laughs> he's, he's done two nice things in his life then. So, okay, all right. I'm a feminist, but my genuine resolution for this year mm. is to just get as hot as possible. <laughs> I got to New Year's Eve and I was like, oh, I've read enough books. <laughs> I don't know that It's I... like time to work on the outside. <laughs> Celia, that I want you to get much hotter because you were already such a hot woman in comedy. That's, that's, like, I just feel like... Wait till you see me in December 23. <laughs> well, I mean, this you is already very come kind. on with your Parisian red lipstick and your black dress and your beautiful you. waves of hair. It's enough. But that's part of the resolution. What? I, uh, I've been... I just thought, do you know what? Let's see... Let's optimise this, baby. <laughs> Are you... Doing a, like, pimp my ride on your body. Yeah, I'm going to get those lights under my feet. <laughs> well, I will, I, listen, you a need A TV to, in my, on my back. Listen, I'm down for any renovation and I'm, I'll enjoy watching the in, increasing hotness, if possible, of Sally Ray B. Thank you. Watch out for that. Could you, can you do me at the same time, though? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel I might need more than you. I'll do a, no, you don't. Oh, well, well nobody, I'll do that, none uh, of them were wooed for that, though. We'll like, be like, <laughs> when I said you were the hottest woman in the world, and everyone went, woo! And then I went, oh, no, I don't know that I'm as hot as you. Everyone just went, yeah. Can everyone, <laughs> can everybody woo for Deborah, please? <laughs> I don't there need your go. pity woos. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I went on the BBC News earlier just to catch up on what's happening in the world because I like to know important things. And uh, I'd heard something, a bill had gone through and I thought, I need to look at this. And, and, uh, and then I accidentally clicked on a story. The headline was, who's who in the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trip trial? <laughs> <laughs> but it was important to know who's who. I didn't know any of the people except Gwyneth Paltrow. And I was like, it's good to be informed. Who's who in this Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial? Oh, my fucking God. And it's not what I went there for, but it is what I stayed for. Oh, that's amazing. What did she do? I'll tell you in the next time. Yes, please. Spot. 
I am a feminist, but um, earlier this week I was talking to a man Mm. and I was talking about a subject that I didn't know a lot about. Mm. And it was becoming more and more obvious that I didn't really know what I was talking about. (laughs) And I was was like just sort of keeping it going and Mm. filling time and... And then he interrupted me and I was like, oh, yes. (laughs) 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 Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for saving us both, my liege. (laughs) Mansplain me, baby. Mansplain me right nice. And then I saved it by saying, I was going to say that. (laughs) Just about to say that before you interrupted me. (laughs) Yep. Um, I'm a feminist, but the main points that I took away from who's who in the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trip trial. Okay, all right. The thing that I found funniest uh, is uh, the sentence um, face down (laughs) he was face down spread eagle with Gwyneth Paltrow on top of him. But Ms. Paltrow slid off him and bolted from the scene where he lay unresponsive. (laughs) And I thought Slid off and bolted from the scene sounds like one of her candle scents. <laughs> I mean, it just fascinates me watching Gwyneth Paltrow interact with people because up until now, I never got the impression that Gwyneth Paltrow was aware there were other people. <laughs> um, I, I love the idea of her lighting candles in the, <laughs> in the courtroom. Because she's the ultimate self-carer. She is, yeah. she is self-care extraordinaire. But sometimes, let's face it, she misses the turn-off. Yeah. And she also does that when she's skiing, apparently. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but as part of my um, Celia B Gets Hot project, um, I've started getting my nails done, and they're like shellac, so they're extensions, um, and this is only my second set. Um, They're really impractical. (laughs) They make me feel so uncomfortable. I I just, they're, they're really, they feel awful, but I'll never get rid of them because I feel beautiful. <laughs> and all my texts have a bit more sass now. <laughs> but take twice as long to type. Oh, my God. It was so... Oh, my God. Okay. The first time... Do you know they put that, like, Edward Scissorhand thing first before they cut it in half? So I had my headphones in listening to a podcast, and then she just had done the, like, Edward Scissorhand thing, and she asked me a question, and then I tried to grab my phone to pause the podcast. <laughs> with those big nails and she kept talking and I was like oh what's going on <laughs> and then she took them off and I still it feels like I feel like um, cocaine bear and I've got claws now <laughs> I've never done them I just couldn't handle it I just ripped them off do you want to put on your hands on my hands and you can feel them yeah no it's, Look not, at that. it's, it's not going to work for me I'll, okay. I'll hmm? here we go women supporting women <laughs> if this isn't feminism <laughs> then it's not <laughs> Live from the Soho Theatre in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest host Sally Ray B, and our very special guest, Sophie Galvin, aka Soft Lad, talking about self care. Hello, 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 Soho Theatre! Oh, it's so nice to be back at IRL, isn't it? It's so, I, I could lick any one of you. I'm still not over it. I think other people are like, yeah, we've been back for ages now. And I just never feel that. I just always feel if I'm allowed to come in a room and do something like this, I'm like, remember when they took it away? They might take it away again. We must revel in it. I want every room to turn into an orgy just in case there's another lockdown. 
Um, you know, that's, that, was, that was a bit too much for Monday night for some of you. Okay, I've played this very room on Saturday night and on Friday night. So Friday night, people are always like, Woo, ah, it's Friday night, ah, how much can I drink? And then Saturday night, people are like, I've drunk quite a lot already, but now I'm ready to see some comedy and be fun. And then Monday night, people are like, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> it was ages ago. I thought I want to go. I really like The Guilty Feminist. But actually, I've got a lot on this week. And oh, it's a bit of a start to the week now, isn't it? I guess I should come. I should come. I should come. Because otherwise, Julie will be disappointed. Do you think if I text it? If I text you, do you definitely want to go to this night? She might text back, no, and then I'll be off the hook. Or is she going to then think, because I flaked last time. Is it my turn to flake or is it her turn to flake? Let's see if she flakes first. Now, you're laughing with a lot of recognition, which tells me that half of you wanted to flake and only didn't. Not for me, not for me, not for me. Don't give a fuck about me. For the person you're going to see again who, and you don't want them having this over you. You don't want them having this over you of like, well, you didn't come and I bought the tickets and I'm not sure you ever paid me for that ticket. You just don't want that. You don't want that. Uh, So just give us a cheer if it even crossed your mind for a second tonight. Maybe I'll stay home, maybe I'll go home, maybe I'll go to the gym instead, maybe I'll, maybe I won't come out. Just give us a cheer. <laughs> Whoever cheered first has got so much energy, <laughs> they've got no excuse for that thought. The others, I see where you're coming from, they went, woo. Ah, <laughs> oh, woo. Oh. You could be home watching Succession. <laughs> That's right, did you know the first episode is out? Just give us a cheer if you are excited the first episode out and haven't watched it yet. That's early, everyone, because you're sane people because it dropped early this morning our time. Give us a cheer if you got up early and watched it. Oh, only me. <laughs> I'm the only one that's already seen it. Oh, my God. I'm in possession of so many spoilers. I could just, uh, uh, I could just tell you everything. Now, the power is delicious, frankly. I won't. I won't because I'm not a cunt. Um, Well, listen, thank you to those of you who are massive Succession fans but came here anyway because you hadn't realised the dates clashed. So that's... And you booked the tickets ages ago, and I know that because the show was sold out for ages. So you didn't realise what you were doing, but you came anyway. Uh, Just give us a cheer if anyone didn't come. I mean, not obviously not you... (laughs) Those people themselves can't cheer, but if if you were meant to come with someone and they did the flaky thing. One, two, three... We've had three or four flakers. But you're with... Well, you've made friends with these people very well in that case. Are these not your friends? These are... Not your friends' work colleagues. That's a horrible way to find out, isn't it? Just a terrible... In public like that. In public, yeah. What, what do you do? Advertising. So, like, mad many territory? Are you Don Draper or are you Roger Sterling? You've never seen it. You're the second person I've had in advertising in here recently who's never seen Mad Men. Why would you even go into advertising if you hadn't seen Mad Men? That would be the sole inspiration. You don't look at advertisements and go, I want to do that, do you? Because that's dispiriting. But... If you watch Mad Men, you think, oh, it's just going to all be martinis and sexual frisson and, you know, I'll be a white man in the 60s having everything at my disposal. I'll be drunk at work and people will celebrate me and throw awards at my head while I smoke myself into a... I mean, and smoke myself into no consequences, apparently. Like, it's, it just... 
I don't know why you would have gone into advertising if you hadn't seen Mad Men. Because that's the, literally the sole good reason. What, what was your reasoning? Friendship. <laughs> that was your work colleague there saying he went into it for friendship so that one of his colleagues would say, oh, do you want to come out and see The Guilty Feminist with me? And he'd go, oh my God, I've made, finally made friends at work. And then take him there. And who are these people? They're not my friends, they're my work colleagues. I mean, really, really. Who suggested you come to The Guilty Feminist? The one that flakes? <laughs> the flake is the fan. What? Do you know what you're at? Just give us a cheer if you listen to The Guilty Feminist. Woo! Give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. Woo! Okay. Did you know it was a podcast? Uh, yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. So you know this is being recorded? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. We had quite a lot of people on Friday and Saturday night who thought it was a... Well, on Friday night they thought it was a play... There was like, honestly, 20% of the audience went, so a theatre, I've seen you writing there before, I've seen plays, it's going to be a play. And they just thought they'd come to a play. And they thought I was a very good actor and it was a very naturalistic opening. Um, We did do a short playing for them at the end because we felt for them. It was just one scene. It wasn't very good, uh, but they enjoyed it. And then the second night, we had a lovely couple called um, Christian and Lola, who... Honestly, he had no idea what feminism was even. Uh, and he was completely confused. But she said, well, I thought it was a monologue. So then I did come back out and deliver a monologue, which actually went down very well. What do people think it is tonight? That's my question. Who thought they were coming to a play? You did? Yeah. What did you imagine that play was about? Feminism. So you thought it would be a sort of, you know, someone coming out onto the stage and saying, the weather's very inclement in June, that kind of thing. That kind of, yeah. Or somebody would open with somebody sitting on the floor going through old LPs and throwing them out. And then, you know, you, you say that would be good. Yeah, yeah. no, it would be good. I, I've discovered I can write plays at very short notice that could be put on. I actually have got a play going on in Chichester in September. It's, tickets are selling very well. So if you'd like to go and see one of my actual plays, by which my, I mean my only actual play, one of my one, of my one uh, it will be on in Chichester in September. It's called Never Have I Ever. It's starring Susan McComer, who you see on The Guilty Feminist a lot, and Greg Wise, who was Mr. Willoughby in Sense and Sensibility. Yes. Sorry, I was giving you a pause to buy tickets. I, was, I assumed you'd all just get your phones out. Um, all right, if you don't know what this is, it's a podcast. It's not a play. It's a comedy show with some music and some discussion. And if you... Just give us a cheer if you're a feminist. Woo! Give us a cheer if you're like, no, I thought it was a play about feminists, but not necessarily celebrating them. Uh, if you're not, you wouldn't identify as a feminist. No, no one would not identify as a feminist in this whole room. Every single person would identify. This is a very unusual room. There's normally men in it who go, no. Um, any, just give us a show if you're a man. There are lots of men, lots of men. You're a man, sir? Yes, okay. But you identify as a feminist? Or you just didn't want to cheer when I said, because you thought you might get attacked? The latter. You thought you would be attacked? I'm scary. What have I done that... Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. But when it comes to men and women, who needs to be more frightened? (laughs) For 
fucking hell. You do understand that later I'll have to go down a dark alley while you walk behind me towards the tube. And I can tell you, I won't have a microphone then. What's your name? Colin. And did you, did you come here deliberately? You're with work colleagues. Oh my God, you're part, oh, you are Roger Sterling. You're part of the advertising crew. What, you're part of the advertising crew. What, what, what advertising agency are you with? Don't name it. Is half this audience from the same advertising agency? It's not really much of a work trip thing normally, this show. Normally people come with friends, partners. A lot of men can't take a woman here on a third date. That's very common. I've got more, I've got more men laid in London than literally any other woman. I, they just come along first date, second date, second base, and then third date, they pull out the big guns. Do you want to come to a comedy show? Oh yeah, oh yeah it's feminist, did I not say? All of me is feminist. All of me. You can touch any part of me. It's all feminist. What made your advertising agency say, well, let's have a night out at a feminist comedy show? Colin, Colin, don't be frightened, Colin. I'm more scared of you than you are of me. Don't be frightened, Colin. I'm not going to approach, I'm not going to touch you. The great thing about feminists is we're big on consent. It's really relaxing for you. I would never punch you without your consent, Colin. I would I'd never punch you repeatedly in the face without your express consent, Colin. That just wouldn't happen. It's true, isn't it? It's true. I wouldn't do that because of consent. That people, are, people are not backing me up on that. People are, like, people are like, why did you mention it, Deb? Why would you mention repeatedly punching someone in the face? Without, because of how we would give consent to that? You'd be surprised I'm unfeeled. Anyway, Colin, I, I'm getting the feeling you'd rather I moved on. Yeah, Colin would rather I moved on. But listen, Colin, I think you're going to enjoy the show. You look forward to it. You're, you're actually in it, Colin. <laughs> what Colin's saying there is I look forward to the part where I enjoy it. Because this part, I'm not enjoying. Tom, would you, are you re- leaning in so I... Uh, he, Tom's saying, get the fuck on with it. Okay. What you will have enjoyed there, Colin, is a white man's put his head through the door and said, you've talked too much. That was the opening act of feminism of this show. <laughs> Come the fuck on. Okay, all right. Uh, are we ready to start the show? <laughs> then welcome, welcome, welcome to the stage. One of my favourite people and an excellent co-pilot, the incredible Sally Ray B. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Are you guys well? Can I guess who the advertising agency is? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Which ones are you? Go on. If you can't find Colin in this audience, I will be amazed. <laughs> Absolutely amazed. Can we have the... <laughs> nice to meet you, Colin. <laughs> Big fan of your work. Um... <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. My name is Celia AB. Um, I've been doing a bit, a, bit, a bit of self-care. Do you guys like self-care? I think it's really hard to know what is self-care and what is just having a bath. Because <laughs> they feel very similar, don't they? They feel 
feels pretty much the same, really. Um, I live in London. Uh, sorry to name drop, but I live in London. <laughs> Clang. <laughs> and um, where I live in London, uh, the bathroom with the bathtub in it um, is right next to the kitchen with all the kitchen stuff in it. Not the design I would have picked, <laughs> but we're here. Now, I'm in my bathroom, in my bathtub, having a bath, because that's why I like to do it. When it comes to having baths, I'm a Tory. <laughs> do it in a bathtub. Now, I like a scalding hot bath. Anyone else? Just scalding hot. I want to feel like a Barocca. <laughs> Just... So I make it real hot, and I'm in my bath relaxing. Also, heads up, I'm naked. Oop. <laughs> da -da -da. So I'm naked in my bath, having a bath. I'm in it every time. My flatmate came in to the kitchen, started cooking. Now, when I have a bath, I put music from around the world. I pretend I'm in another country. I'm really relaxing. So I didn't hear him. So he's in the kitchen. He starts cooking. But an hour goes by. Do you know how unnerving it is to smell stew? <laughs> when you don't know that stew is happening, <laughs> and when you are yourself at cooking temperature. Because <laughs> the smell came through like a cartoon. <laughs> and my first thought was... I smell delicious. <laughs> so that's self-care. Another way of doing self-care is exercise. I've put on a bit of weight this year, and I've learned that I've put on weight from my comedy reviews. It's quite a weird way to find out that you've put on weight, but I'll tell you about it. When I first started doing comedy six years ago, all my comedy reviews will read, she's this beautiful French woman who glides onto the stage. We can barely see her behind the microphone. <laughs> she's just a voice and a flag. <laughs> Now, all my comedy reviews read, ah, she's so relatable. <laughs> we know she likes pie. <laughs> so I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to exercise. I'm going swimming. I love swimming. I love it so much. Um, here's a little tip. If you like swimming, but you want to save time, what I do is I've got my clothes on, but underneath that, I wear my swimsuit. And then under that, my work clothes. <laughs> and then under that, gym clothes, because sometimes I do both. <laughs> and then under that, wedding dress. <laughs> it's good to be time efficient. I love self-care. I'm trying to get more into sports, that's my thing. I'm trying to get into football. Um, the problem with football, right, is I really respect it. I want to like it. I think it's cool. But here's my issue with football. Too much of it has happened. <laughs> and I can't catch up. <laughs> I just want everyone to stop playing football for like a year. <laughs> I want to start season one, <laughs> episode one of football. But if I'm honest, the reason I'm trying to get into football, and this cannot leave this room and this podcast. <laughs> Can you keep a secret? Colin, can you keep a secret? <laughs> Basically, I met this guy. Yeah, it's not Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I met this guy and um, basically he told me that he could have gone professional. <laughs> oh, do you know him? <laughs> That's crazy. I think he's in London sometimes, so that makes sense. He goes, know him. Basically, he said he could have gone professional, but then... It's tragic. Basically, the day before the trials, I don't know why you're laughing, it's tragic. Because <laughs> he could have gone professional, but then the day before the trials, he didn't have the skills in the end, so he didn't, <laughs> didn't work out. So instead, I pretend to know about football. I pretend to know about loads of stuff. I'm a pick-me girl. A pick-me girl is a type of woman that's like me. I'm not like the other woman. <laughs> Why? Because I like live music. <laughs> a shack on me. <laughs> a pick-me girl should do crazy things, like she can eat an entire pizza. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's so relatable, she can just hang with the guys. I think it's mad that when you eat an entire pizza, you're like chill. You're like a cool girl. But you eat one entire quiche. <laughs> then your whole life, you're quiche lady. <laughs> Every room you walk in for the rest of your life, oh, there she is. Lorraine. <sighs> I'm tired all the time. Anyone else? I'm just a tired woman all the time. Tired, tired, tired. And I was thinking about it. I think we're not meant to be like out and about like we are. <laughs> I think we're like a phone. Do you know what I mean? Like you get birth and you're connected to a charger. That's like the umbilical cord. That's the, the nature's charger. <laughs> and then you disconnect from the charger... And then years later, you die like a phone. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried? <laughs> like, age 90. <laughs> Just pop it back in. <laughs> See what happens. We were meant to have a doctor on tonight. <laughs> and my plan was to ask her if that would work. <laughs> I like romance as well. That's what we're here for. I like romance so much. You guys romantics? Love romance. Um, I'm from France, right? Um, I used to do a whole lot of stuff about how I hate England. They used to be my thing. I hate England. France is better. I hate England. And it worked. <laughs> uh, but you're not doing well, so I started feeling like punching down. So now I don't. <laughs> now I do whimsy. <laughs> They're like romance. In England, you're bad at it, but it's not your fault. Romance here resembles the rest of your behavior. It's very polite. It's very hidden. Um, the most romantic thing you can do in England, if you fancy someone, is I'll describe this. Um, let's say we're in a lovely group of friends. Is that okay? Yeah? And I have a crush on you. Is that okay? Yeah? And I'm a man, and I'm British, and I'm a coward. So... <laughs> I might need to borrow a pint for this bit. Visual gags, but I'll explain it for the podcast listeners. 
So, we're all together. We're a group of friends. And I have a crush on you, but I don't want anyone to know about it. A British man will do this. He'll wait for a laugh. He'll wait for a distraction. He'll wait for no one to be looking at him. And when no one's looking at him, Deborah, I'm sure you can confirm that that's a thing. When no one's looking at him, he'll do this. Oh, you know, that's crazy because the... Uh... <laughs> Now for the listeners, and for those who can't see, what I've done there is I've nuzzled my nose and my mouth into my pint, and that is for, um, to conceal my identity, <laughs> so that you're like, oh, that's not Gary. <laughs> and then the eyes are like, do you remember Furby's, the eyes? <laughs> And that's romance in this country. <laughs> so I think you can't really get romance here. So you've got to look after yourself. It's all about self-care. <laughs> I put a banana in my bag. <laughs> Do that every morning? Every morning I put a banana in my bag. And I've got great expectations for that banana every morning. <laughs> every morning I put it in my bag. I go within four to six hours. But then things happen, I go to work. I laugh with friends, I walk past an itsu. I live in London, things happen. <laughs> Carpe diem, <laughs> message that fish. <laughs> Structurally a good joke. <laughs> Something that banana stays in my bag for days. And now I've got a bag banana. And it starts looking disrespected. It starts to kind of open up, leak. Seems to be mouthing, why? <laughs> so I said to my friend, oh, this is my bag banana from Tuesday, I'm just going to get rid of it. So I walked over to the bin and she said, do not. I know this old family recipe <laughs> of something you can do with an old banana. She said, you can make, listen to yourselves. <laughs> What character do you think I am that the person who can't eat one banana <laughs> is going to start sifting flour? <laughs> because then I listen to you. I do it. Okay, I've made banana bread. Cut it into little pieces. Put it in my bag. <laughs> now I've got back banana bread. <laughs> so then I try and be healthy. What do I replace it with? A banana. You can't win. <laughs> and now I'm going to sit back down. Thank you, lads. That's terrific. Thank you, Celia. And it does set us off on the right path because today we are talking about self-care. Um, now, some of you may have come to see Maddie Lucy Dan. Um, well, woo less. Um, <laughs> Maddie Lucy Dan can't be here because she can't talk. I mean, no one, just not, it's not a terrible reason she can't talk. Uh, she's just very ill. She's, no, well, that is a terrible reason. Yeah. Cut, that, <laughs> cut, cut that out of the podcast, Tom. Uh, no, she can't talk. It's just she's got whatever, you know, is going around and um, she can't talk. Uh, but we have an incredible guest for you, which I'm going to tell you in a minute. Uh, but first, this is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast <laughs> in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities, which... I feel some people were left out. Uh, so if you didn't know, it's undermine them. But for some reason, the way I've ended up saying it, you know, when you say something so many times is undermine them. 
So now I generally let the audience join in. So I'm going to say, uh, so this is the noble goals, 21st century feminist hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine those noble goals. But the way everyone says it is undermine them. So I'm going to give you a bit of a run up so you know. Uh, so you can all join in because I don't like people being not feeling included. The whole point of feminism is everyone feels included, Colin. Okay. <laughs> all right. He's fine. He's fine. He's loving it. He's loving it. He's loving it. He, gonna... I don't think he would have sat in the centre of the second row if he wasn't wanting it. <laughs> I'm going to find out which agency. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Is, is he okay? Is he loving it? Or is he, is he really... If he's really hating it, then I'll stop. He's all right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I mean, would you know? You're not really his friend. He does just work for me. Okay. <clears throat> the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which... Undermine them! Yay! <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We have some shows coming up. If you're in London, we will be at the Soho Theatre on the 30th of May and the 31st of May. And we will be at King's Place on the 5th of June, the 22nd of June and the 24th of July. For tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. My play, Never Have I Ever, is at Chichester Festival Theatre from the 1st to the 30th of September. Tickets are now on sale, but I'm glad to say they're going fast. So if you'd like to see it, go to CFT. Dot org dot uk and look for Never Have I Ever with the incredible Susie Wacoma, Alexandra Roach and Greg Wise and more. And on the 21st of August, there will be a special episode of The Guilty Feminist from Chichester, where hopefully we'll be talking all things Never Have I Ever. Join our Patreon to get ad-free episodes and to support the show. 
And if you could go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast uh, and give any episode of The Guilty Feminist that you thought was good, five stars, we'd really appreciate that. Also, if you could tell someone you know with your face or on a WhatsApp group or on a social media platform that you enjoy The Guilty Feminist and share that with them, it really helps spread the word about the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming out live. We appreciate everything you do and supporting any of the activist or artistic causes we share with you. And now back to the podcast. All right. I'm so excited to bring on our guest. She's, she's somebody who I've been trying to get on the podcast for a long, long time. She's a session musician who has worked with acts, including Self-Esteem. She's just come back off the Self-Esteem tour. She also writes and performs her own songs under the name Soft Lad. Please welcome to the stage and to the microphone, the incredible Sophie Galpin. Was a 
That was amazing. Thank you, Sophie. That was fantastic. Just wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about what that song was about? Yeah. Uh, it's just gay little songs about my gay little life, Deborah. Um, specifically, that was a song... I used to have a girlfriend, not to brag, but um, I was living in Manchester and she lived in London and I was like hot-footing it all around the country, like up and down, seeing her and stuff. And there was one time where I was working loads in Manchester and I came down in the middle of the week because I had a, uh, an appointment at the US Embassy to get a visa to go and play music there. So I stayed at her house and I got up really early in the morning and I went to the embassy and I got my visa and I was supposed to be coming back at the weekend and I was like, I'll see you on Saturday. And then she broke up with me and I never saw her again. Oh my God. It's fine now. I'm, it's fine now. But like, I never saw her again. She broke up with me on the phone and I just haven't seen her since. We've been in touch and stuff, but like, I never saw her. And that song was about that. So pretty happy stuff. Happy stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful though. And I felt the emotion of it, even though I didn't know the stuff about the embassy, I knew that it was... <laughs> The, the, I got the embassy vibe. Did you get the visa yeah. vibes? You got the I, visa I, vibes. At one point, I was like, I'm, I'm feeling stamps. I'm getting, <laughs> getting I'm stamps getting my, vibes. I'm, I'm standing at a queue for a lot. I've taken a number and I've waited. And, yeah. Uh, but that's quite, take a number and wait also. Could you riff off that idea sure. for the next, because the, then you're waiting for the next relationship. I shouldn't be involved Love in the writing that. of your songs. <laughs> I think I should leave that to you, could the you, expert. Could you do a song about falling in love in a post office? I could give it a, give it a bash. <laughs> I should do a song about being an A&E doctor and also an influencer. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Who our other guest was, but we will get her on another time. And uh, I'm really sorry I'm not her. Nobody, nobody, nobody said that. No one was disappointed. Everyone like, was happy. I've, I've wanted you to come on this podcast for ages, especially since two o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> but I always... But I always did want you to... That's how it kicks place, but you're always on tour. I am always on tour. Self-esteem is always I was booked at 6pm. Oh. <laughs> We're not. She was not. She was not. She was not. I was walking past the building. She said, no. Sonia! <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I saw you at King's Place. I think it was doing Robin Inns' show. Yes. Um, which I was also doing. And I was like, oh my God, you're absolutely incredible. And I want you on the show. But then I always think every time I would see you, and also there was a couple of times where we were about, self-esteem was going to come on the show and then that didn't happen. And uh, because she had another engagement, but I just always had that impression. It's like sometimes people say to me, well, I didn't ask you because I thought you'd be too busy. And I'm like, always ask me. Don't, mm. not, don't assume I'm too busy. I definitely want to come. And if I can't come, I definitely want to be invited. Yeah. And uh, so I have genuinely wanted this for ages. And then, and then I just saw that you'd come off tour and I was like, is there any chance at all that you would be free tonight? And you absolutely are free. And I know that by the way that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> this day is really shaping up to have the vibe of an anxiety dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my pyjamas eating porridge and then Deborah called me. I disrupted the post-tour self-care. And I was like, I thought the police said that you couldn't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm, but I'm really I, trying to not ask about the toppings yeah. on your porridge. Did you have porridge toppings? Protein or? powder and raspberries, babe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Welcome to our menu. <laughs> <laughs> With a Cheerio garnish. So the reason I... The reason I, I, I realised that we... Sally was like, I want to talk about self-care. And I was like, well, that's a great topic because I would like to interrogate it further. But then I realised I, I did disrupt your post-tour self-care 
by saying, would you come back to work at very short notice? Because when did the tour finish? Saturday. Yeah. And you had one day off and then today you were sitting in your pyjamas thinking, oh, so nice not to have to be somewhere else and be getting all the adrenaline up for a show. And then I messaged and went, <laughs> any chance you're around? And But you interestingly said, yes, because the post-tour blues is real yeah. and you wanted to be back out. Yeah, well, I'm very bad at um, relaxing generally and taking time off because I love my job and it's my dream job. I love playing music and uh, I'm an Aries, so <laughs> I just love doing stuff. Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, you know what? You know, I've been talking to my therapist and she's like, you know, you need to be present. You need to ha- know how to have downtime. You need to have relax. You don't have to run yourself into the ground in this capitalist society, being productive all the time. You know, what does it mean? What does it mean to be happy? You can just be. And so there I was in my pajamas eating my porridge. <laughs> And then Deborah was like, do you want to come on the show? And I was like, thank fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. As much as I was like to play my Nintendo Switch all day, mm-hmm. here we are. Mm-hmm. No, well, I'm, I'm really glad you did. Um, I want to talk to you about self-care on tour, though, mm. because self-esteem and everyone who works with her on stage, all women, all together, uh, what is it that you do? Because it's very demanding, that kind of touring, because the amount you must sweat every night. Yeah. You know, the... Oh, yeah. And then presumably also sometimes drink as well. It's not like just cardio. It's also refueling. I'm not saying you all drink loads, but I'm just saying the music, in the music industry, you know, when you're talking, I know with comedy, it's This all- is your intervention. <laughs> no, I mean, with comedy, people drink at work because, you know, they drink at work, they drink before work, they drink after work. Yeah. I, d- I actually don't. I do drink after work. I'm right? drunk now. <laughs> I had like- a beer with my porridge, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is... <laughs> I'm trying to say is it's a whole environment, it's a whole thing, it's a whole tour bus thing. It's you know you're you're getting to places, you're unpacking, you're you know you're on stage. There's so much travel. What is it that you do to keep yourself sane and safe and hydrated and okay? Are there things that you do for each other together separately? Yeah, I'm very lucky that especially on the self esteem tours, it's very much kind of family vibes and people really look after each other. Like it's an amazing environment to be in. And obviously, like, that comes from the top down. Rebecca sets that tone and and that's how, you know, and everybody is fantastic. Um, but personally, like, when when you're on tours like that, it's very difficult to get any personal space, even if you love everyone. Like, it's very rare mm. that you're, like, in a room on your own ever, like, because you're on the bus or you're sharing a hotel room or whatever. So, like, I exercise is a massive one for me, like, going to the gym and strength training and stuff. And, like, I don't really like training with other people. Some people are, like, bang into classes and stuff. And I'm like, nah. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't want to be on my own but that's yeah. like a mindful it's like a mindful thing to do is you can't really be doing anything else whilst you're yeah. doing that so you get like an hour of the day where you know you're going to do that and you tick something off the box it's like um, on the tour bus like the bunks are so quiet and so dark and so cosy <laughs> you have no idea what time it is and you wake up and you're like it's probably like 5am and you're like it's 1 in p.m. Yeah. I, go, I wow. should have done something an hour ago it's, it's so quiet so um yeah, sleeping when you can and exercising. It's boring, but it's true. Mm. You know when you do stuff and you're like eating nice food and you drink loads of water and you don't drink booze and you exercise and then you're like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that I, sucks, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. 100%. Like exercise for me, it's absolutely instant. Yeah. And what I have to focus on is not the long-term benefits because I don't think human brains are very good at going, well, in five years' time... Human brains really only know about the now. It's like survival and comfort and survival and comfort. And and, and I just think we have to just go, how will I feel in half an hour when I've done the fucking exercise? Yeah. Mm. I have to focus on the instant feel-goods. 
And I think also because I've been diagnosed with ADHD, I've discovered that I don't have enough dopamine to get off my ass and do the exercise that would give me the dopamine to do anything else. Mm. So it's a real constant battle to just go, I have to think about the afters. So I get enough, I go, think about that dopamine, think about it, think about it, pretend you've got it now, pretend you've got it now. Oh my God, you're on the Peloton. Oh! Um, (laughs) And then then she gets kicked out of the gym. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting sexually aroused on the Peloton. I'm not, you know. You're not. You're not doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) That woman is a... Very motivating. Um, that It is the thing, though. What I'd like to interrogate more is self-care is a very recent invention, yeah. the concept of mm. it. Like, I mean, obviously, people have been caring for themselves for years, but this idea that we've all got to be doing self-care, and I now sometimes get anxiety because people are going, have you done your self-care? And I think, no, yeah. I haven't. I think- and I need to do self-care to get over the fact I haven't done self-care. But yeah. what I want to know is, when did this come in and why? Because I think in my mother's generation... It was sort of work or, or you're indulging yourself. Yeah. And is it to counteract that idea or is it because the pace of life has got faster? I think the cynical part of me is that because someone figured out that they can make money off of telling people to look after themselves. <laughs> if someone was like, look after yourself, how do I do that? Buy this, okay. <laughs> and I think that it's, that's the cynical part of me. What's the um, feminist side of it though, of the, self-care? Is I, there a feminist side of self-care? Because it's often said in feminism, yeah. you've got to do your self-care. I think it's also a class thing. You know, it's start, like people from the 1% probably self-care to fuck. <laughs> For like, like, yeah. like, Gods, Greek gods. Well, that is kind of the Gwyneth Paltrow thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's buy this 400-pound candle yeah. and then lie in a darkened womb basket. I think Greek goddess were doing vagina candles for years. <laughs> and then yeah. that's the 1%. And then it trickled down to the middle class and then the middle class started buying them and then trickled down to the working class in different ways. And so I think it's all about... Um, I, I am a very cynical person when it comes to like things that um, like that become popular. Um, it is good for you to look after yourself, but I'm also very wary of like, you can look after yourself without spending money, I think is like mm. what I'm trying to say. Like, I think there's like, um, like you said, not drinking and mm. being mindful in all these things. And or just smelling your own vagina. Yeah. Setting fire to a candle that smells yeah. like it. I just, I'm, I'm very bendy, so I... <laughs> <laughs> That's very unlike me to say something like that. And I, feel, I loved it. You know what though? If someone else had said that, that would have got a much bigger laugh. <laughs> they know that I don't really enjoy saying it and the vibe that comes off me makes them go oh we're uncomfortable as uncomfortable to laugh as you are to say it but I went I saw it I thought another comedian would go for it I should go for it but I went like a, you know like a horse going up to a jump and going I don't really want to jump it's not very yeah. fun to watch the you horse you can lead a horse to jump. a vagina candle but you can't make it light it <laughs> anyway um, I got a tattoo of that we <laughs> Maybe have deviated too far. Um, how do you like someone else to care for you, Sophie? Are there things that other people can do that if you're in a relationship or a friend, how do you like other people to care for you? Um, I really like it when people cook for me. Mm. Stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, but I, it's interesting because like sometimes, I was, I was talking with my partner about like what our love languages are and my partner is very much like food is love and her family like food is love and it's not really like that on my side I think it's a cultural thing mm. my partner's British Algerian and like her Algerian side of the family like massively into food they always feed you they always like offer you something mm. and it's like a way that they show up and I didn't like know that at first so 
I would like have just have eaten and go round and they'd be like, would you like this? And I'd be like, no, thank you. And they'd be like, all right. Like, yeah. But I didn't know. It's not about yeah. the food. You know, it's not about the food. And like, but also like somebody cooking you a lovely meal when you are tired is like one of the most loving things that someone can do for you. Um, yeah. Just stuff, things that are intangible like that, like basic human needs, but people think of it. Making you a cup of tea, man. Like mm. tea and toast tastes better when somebody else makes it for you. Yeah. Like rather than making it yourself. It's just like those small things that I think... Uh, amazing! I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> you, but that does that mean then? Because I'm uh, this is my reframing of self care. Because I was thinking about it today and thinking, is it doing for yourself what you wish someone else would do for you, or you enjoy when someone else does for you? Yeah. Is it to restore and repair? Is it like emotional wanking? Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I think that deserves better, lads. <laughs> It's emotional wanking because you're like, do you know what I would love? A little cup of tea that someone made me. Oh, there's no one around. Mm, Therefore, these hands are ready. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm making a cuppa. So that's how I think I'm going to start thinking of it. (laughs) Emotional wanking, write that down. If you sit on your hand for 15 minutes... And you make yourself a cup of dulce is making you a cup of tea. I was... I was thinking about, so yeah, I think that's the thing, is if you come down, if you come into the kitchen and your partner or your flatmate hasn't done the dishes and you think, well, that's not very nice for me, for fuck's sake. Mm. But then if you were home alone, would you do the dishes so that next time you come into the kitchen, the kitchen looks nice? So mm. it's like doing for yourself, the, the, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I can buy myself flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm really, like, really into at the minute is, like, intimacy with, like, friendships. Like, Mm. friendship intimacy and, Mm. like, caring for your friend in a way. Like, making a cup of tea or having someone come over and making them dinner. And it's not a romantic thing. That's something I'm really into at the minute is, like, just having friends being very careful. You haven't cooked for me. I haven't cooked for you. What do you want to eat? we're just work colleagues, really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God, that will never get old. That will. We're going to call back that. You'll never come to another show again, obviously, but we will call that back for years to come. Yeah. Backstage, that will go on tour with us. I'm going to take that to other podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. The work colleagues thing, that is going to spread around the whole comedy scene. And backstage, people will go, you're just a work colleague. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I did write some things down that I thought uh, I know are self-care. Breathing. Breathing for me is self-care. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever do it. I mean, I do. Sorry, I breathe normally, but I mean that kind of... I've, I've figured out that long breaths and like taking time to breathe and sort of really centre here mm. really helps me. Hardly ever do it. Oh, you know what? What? I have got a doctor thing, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those who are still hung up on the fact that she's I not a doctor. I feel bad for you. I feel so bad for the, <laughs> for the Maddie Lucy downheads that are in. Uh-huh. Dr. Softlad Dr. Softlad to we'll see you see now, now. <laughs> uh, my friend is okay, a doctor can, can I not be seen by Dr. Softlad <laughs> you can't um, doesn't sound like they've got a diploma <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend is a doctor a legitimate doctor and apparently when you, when you exercise yes. yeah. so I've got friends who are doctors so um, <laughs> apparently when you exercise yes. if you enjoy it you get more out of it it's like how you, how you perceive it. If it's like a real chore for you, then you don't get, you don't get the same as physical benefit endorphins. and endorphins. You know, yeah. What? Yeah. The brain is so stupid because... Mm. No, it's a real thing because 
if you, I read a book, sorry to name drop again, but I read, I read, I, I read this book. I thought you stopped all that. I know, I read so many books. Anyway, this, this one book that I read, half of it, um, <laughs> they talk about how if you're smiling, like let's say you go to a comedy show and you, we split the audience between the two, like you guys and then Colin. And then, <laughs> and then like most of you are like coming in, you're smiling and you're excited. And then Colin, for example, is like frowning and he's unhappy and he, he doesn't want to be here. Um, just for example. And then, so then the brain will make the smiling people enjoy the show more because you've told your brain you should enjoy that oh, than the person yes. who frowned. Isn't, how stupid is the brain that is just like, Seduced yeah. by a fake smile. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fascinating to me that our own selves, we don't understand ourselves. We're trying to constantly trying to explain ourselves to other people and mm. communicate. And we're getting into all these flame wars online, mm-hmm. but we don't even understand ourselves. We don't know why we do the yeah. things we do. We don't know why we're self-destructive. Yeah. We don't know why we don't exercise every day when we know how much better it makes us feel. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't know. It's like uh, in the current world we're in, there's a lot, I feel like this, my generation of millennials, like... Mm it's very much focused on like getting the best you can out of life, getting the most mm. you can out of life, like being as happy as you can and, and doing all this stuff. It's very, but it's like, some, sometimes it can be really toxic because it means mm. that like, sometimes I feel unable to just be like content when things are fine. Because like, if everything's gone to shit, then you have a project to like make it better. Yeah. Mm. And if everything's really good, then you enjoy that. But when everything is just going along nicely, it's like very much like, you know, like everything is like, red flag, dump, if he has a bogey, red flag, dump him. You yeah, know, yeah. like... <laughs> When it's like, it's not a red flag, it's just a human thing. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. much like, if it's not perfect, then get rid of it because you're better than that, bitch. You know, like, but actually, like, sometimes it's like, days are amazing and sometimes days are shit and sometimes days are fine. And like, operating in like, enough, good enough mm-hmm. is yeah. so hard because everyone like, you want to strive for perfection and then you just let yourself down. Yeah. It's like, what is, what does good enough look like? I think is like self-care, like yeah. doing enough for yourself, doing what you need. Uh, and kind of looking after yourself on a day-to-day basis, you know, sometimes baths, sometimes it's like, you know, not going to the thing because it's like that on the podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, no, that, it's like, it's kind of rejecting toxic positivity as well as kind of negativity. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. What I'm hearing you say, I think, when I'm distilling it is... Can't believe I'm in a play. It's insane. <laughs> Is, is listen to your body, listen to yourself. But to do that, we have to put our phones down and just breathe, which is the thing I do not enough, mm-hmm. and just sit and listen to yourself. Just check in with all the parts of your body, check in with what your brain wants, check in if you're tired. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I just mm-hmm. low? Am I overwhelmed? And we have to just sit and listen to that because I think self-care, I think, feminist self-care often has become a bit like romance. So, you know, on Valentine's Day, everyone says, give someone red flowers and take them to a restaurant. And that's romance. It's like the most unromantic thing you can do, actually. Because it says, I don't know anything about you. Mm -hmm. This is not personal. This is the way that I've been taught to express love from movies or, you know, or florists. Yeah. And actually... And actually what you need now or what I know that makes you smile is what's romantic. I'm not saying if someone gives you red flowers to throw them back in their face and say, no, no, this isn't good enough. I'm just saying, like, red flowers equals romance. Red roses equals romance. I think it's the same as a bath equals self-care with a face mask and, you know, you've got to have a candle. It's like, well, maybe, but have you stopped to ask, do I like red roses? Does my body even want a bath? Yeah. You know, like, maybe it wants to 
go to bed. Maybe it needs to go for a walk. Maybe it needs to talk to a friend. But I do think yeah. your thing about intimacy with friendships, I've been doing that lately. Yeah, I think there's like, I've just been thinking about, um, I'm writing a new stand-up show, which is different from the one I'm promoting now. Regardless, the new show is something about how I've like, um, I've been thinking about how when we're adults, and like you said, I'm a young millennial. And like, I think the generation of millennials, we've been taught to always optimize things all the time, constantly to always like, Oh, you like something, better make some money from it. Or you like, and like, uh. or you like some, and like always constantly trying to like um, monetize and get better and improve and all these things. And I've, I think like we're not meant to do that all the time as adults. I think we, there's a child part of all of us, I think, where that just wants to get into a room and pick up a toy and be bad at it for ages and not look to improve, just playing and mischief and, you know, this and mm. <laughs> all the like, just, you know, when a kid walks into a room, there's loads of toys around. The kid is not thinking, oh, I need to get so good at the Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's thinking I want to play with the giraffe. <laughs> and then I'm bored of the giraffe and I want to play with something else. And I think that we still have that part of all of us and we don't look after it enough. Um, That's why children are so much better at learning because they just have lots of goes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've taught kids improv before, like comedy improv, and uh, kids will just be like, oh, please pick me, pick me for every mm-hmm. single thing. And at the end, I've actually had kids say to me, I had four goes and Jimmy only had three goes. And I'm like, yay. And they're like, that's their metric for success is lots yeah. of goes. Whereas grown-ups yeah. will go, how few goes can I have? Because yeah. there are opportunities to embarrass myself. Yeah. And they just want one. Or, as grown-ups, we want one perfect go or no go at all. Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes self-care is exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. It's play. It's really sitting in a friendship and yeah. letting yourself be with someone long enough that you can open up intimately. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, if you don't play once a day, it's been a shit day. Like, yeah. mm, and you then, know, at least if you haven't done something fun, it's been a shit day. And, and is that yeah. true for writing music as well? Is that part of that kind of engagement of the self, the soul, the play, the spirit, yeah. the openness? Yeah, like music is such a drive for me. Like I've always known that's what I wanted to do. It was always like when, not if, like making it happen. I demanded to have like my sister was having keyboard lessons and I was like four and I was like when do I start mine not like can I <laughs> yeah and I was like when because I just it was like an inevitability for me and like it engages a part of my brain and my soul that like is it's that state of flow that I don't really achieve doing mm. much else mm. when you're really in the zone you Brilliant. just like lose hours or you lose time like yeah it fulfills me in a way that like lots of other things just don't like it's really like it's very strange and it's hard because when your identity is tied up in it you're like yeah if I couldn't do this anymore what would what my would life do, mean yeah. like yeah it's ter- terrifying and on that note would you like to close the show with a song oh my god I segue myself <laughs> great then. yeah go on then uh please welcome back to the mic the incredible soft lad Really got the brunt of it tonight, haven't you? <laughs> it's not really about Colin, it's about um, a sexy holiday that I did not get. I could have done with a little more information up front, but I know it doesn't work that way. Some oh, help me, baby, because I need to be. If time is my enemy, then I'm waging war. I've never 
situation before I'm into you but what can I do when you're half out the door I never wanted any but now I'm back for more why am I crying for you on the bathroom floor I thought that you could be the lead to fill my my supporting role but these drinks ain't Could have done with a little more information up front But I know it doesn't work that way sometimes So give me your location, I'll come And make it harder on you and I Cause I can take a punishment And learn to lean into the silence It's just a shame, it's a shame, a shame that it was Of my own circumstance Red flags all signaling The end of romance I should have seen this coming Way in advance If I was she or if she were me Then we might stand a chance Oh I never wanted any But now I'm back for Could have done with a little more information up front But I know it doesn't work that way sometimes So give me your location, I'll come And make it harder on you and I Cause I can take a punishment And learn to lean into the silence It's just a shame, it's a shame, a shame that it was Soft line, everybody. 
where can we hear your music? Can we do just download it anywhere? Soft lad is soft ladding. Yeah, at soft lad bangers, all the... at soft lad bangers. B, anything you want to plug? I'm at Soho Theatre where we are this whole week, Wednesday to the first. Oh, um, are you? I am. Yeah. This whole week. Oh, this whole week from Wednesday to the Saturday. Uh, so like a bit of the week. Wednesday, Saturday. <laughs> Come back and see her uh, do so a stand-up show. Yeah, this is yeah. the extra day. It's Clang uh, from my first show. This is the last ever time I'll do this show. Uh, the tickets are selling like cakes. <laughs> <laughs> warm, warm cakes or just cakes? Just cakes. Just cake dough. <sighs> is it in the basement? Just, is it, this is was it? an ambitious extension of the, 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 the dates. Is it, is We've it, learned. <laughs> is it in the basement? It is in the attic. Up it's there. in the attic. Okay. It's upstairs. So come back so Theatre this week. See Sally Ray B. We've got more Guilty Feminist shows coming up at King's Place and back at So Theatre again as well, I think. Just go to theguiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. Also, if you wouldn't mind rating, reviewing and subscribing, it really helps other people find the podcast and you have to do it. I don't know why. It's just the podcast law. We love you so much. You've been a fantastic audience. Please tell other people about the show. Thank you so much. Good night. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Celia A.B. and our very special guest, Sophie Galpin. The recording engineer was Grundy Lazimbra. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selinsky for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Crawford, Jim Dacio, Zainab Muhammad, and everyone at Soho Theatre, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. We wouldn't normally, but if you'd like to, you go for it. Do you want to do stand-up straight away? <laughs> Sorry, everything here comes with consent. <laughs> do you want some stand-up comedy from Sally Ray B? <laughs> then please, welcome to the microphone, which I'm going to hand her right now. You've seen her on lots of television shows and also on The Guilty Feminist before. It's the wonderful Sally Ray B. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Lovely to be here. We practiced that. Are you guys well? Can I guess who the other side is? The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from ACAST. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com